Welcome back. The episode today is Organized Chaos at the Southern Border. And when we speak of the southern border, we're speaking of the southern border of the United States of America. This is near and dear to us because we live in a southern border state. So we see firsthand a lot of the impact, or at least see it from a local news perspective. We've got some interesting ideas to go through with you tonight. I'm Greg. I'm Ian. This is Lauren. So this topic is very timely based on some bills that are being passed through our legislative system and might have raised some attention based on the funding numbers and the amount of support tied to this going to Ukraine exceeding the annual operating budget for the Marine Corps. Yeah, that's a that's a hard one for me to swallow. Right. I mean, the Marines are always, you know, struggling for funding and yet this year we're giving more money to Ukraine than we give the Marine Corps. And we gave them money last year. We gave the Ukraine people money last year. And I, a few times, actually. I, I mean, it's just, it's, it's mind-blowing. Well, the, the argument of that is, well, but the United States has multiple military forces. So it's not like it's exceeding the total military allotment. It's just for one branch. So, come on, man. We've got to free up more money. Yeah, it, is, it just still doesn't No, well. no, it no. doesn't work. I, okay. I don't buy that story. Okay. You All know. right. See, what doesn't work with me, with, with me on any type of funding, whatever it is, is who hasn't worked for a, who or who has worked for a company where you get a budget, you go off on an initiative, and you don't have to do any kind of accounting or reporting on that. But yet... Uh, wouldn't it be well, actually, it'd be great to work for a company that said, hey, here's a million dollars. Oh, you spent it. Here's another two. Oh, you spent it. Oh, here's another three. Oh, you spent it. It's like, hey, they never ask where it goes. Oh, <laughs> if they don't ask where it goes, hey, I need seven this time. So I need a new yacht, you know, and there it goes. But, you know, to, to the point on the southern border, how much have we spent on the southern border? I'm not talking the English southern border. I'm not talking the English channel here, right? I'm an American now. Have been for many years. This southern border, our southern border, how much have we spent? Where the hell is, where's the accounting on this? Well, what was it, the last governor put up the the temporary wall with all those shipping containers? Mm-hmm. That cost money. Cost, what was it, 400 million or some crazy number? And then they tore it down. You could buy those collector item yeah. <laughs> shipping containers. Straight from the border. But they, right. had, they had to tear them Slightly down. Slightly used. Tear them down. And we spent, I think, another $40 million to tear it down. I'm sure we did. And it was like only a couple years. And that's just in Arizona. Like, I can't imagine the entire border. And that's just the the physical barrier at the border. That's not the money paid to... Right, transport control to sure. I mean, think about this: like all the people that go through. So Arizona, the the big ones are Nogales and Lukeville, right? That all channels into Tucson, and they're flying people all over the country, so they're not just all in Arizona. Those flights aren't free. See, and and I think titling this one "Organized Chaos" rather than just "Chaos" is for that purpose, right? It's organized. It's not an accident either side of the border. It's 
and, and there's and there's rumours that our government's involved with the cartels to make it happen on the southern side of the border. I don't know how you work for Border Patrol, knowing what your job is, and spend all day processing people the way you do. You should be. The, I've always thought the Border Patrol's job is to keep out people, and then, like you said, once they come through, and again, I think Tucker Carlson's show went into this airport in, I think, Texas. There was these black drapes. They went behind them. And there's a whole massive area set up with beds and cops for all these illegals. Or was That's it Chicago. Chicago? Right, yeah. It's nowhere near the southern border, right? <laughs> yeah. But all of this stuff, this is freaking organized. It's hurting poor and working class areas of this country, especially poor black communities. It's crushing them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they're shutting down the schools so that they can place all of these individuals. Let's not worry about educating the youth. Right. And, and, the, and, and as they've seen, the black kids are being educated at lower and lower levels. If I was the black community, I would be up in arms about this. Like, why aren't they marching in the street in those communities saying enough's enough? Like, when I lived in Los Angeles, all the illegal population live in all the black communities in Los Angeles. That's, that's where they work, South Central, Compton, the whole area around that there. And so they're the areas that get hurt the most by it. And it's so unfair to those communities of legal citizens of the United States that, that they continue to be used as pawns in a freaking game. Sorry if I'm a bit irate on this one, but this one lights me up. Well, I, I, th I think it's important for everybody to sit around have a cup of coffee and talk about the true cost because it becomes the humanitarian effort the our people being moved in here to become voters all of these things may or may not be true but look at the dollars we're in an economic situation where we need to be watching where the money's spent and i'm not sure putting these people on planes and you and i funding that yeah hmm well, I mean, think of the school systems. You you mentioned, you know, it's it's hurting certain communities with, you know, overloading the schools. Every one of those kids that go into that cross the border illegally, go into a school, take a spot, you know. I'm not saying that they don't need education. That's not what I'm saying, but our schools are set up at a certain population, but when we start bringing thousands of people across the border every day in that just over there's no school system in the country that can take an extra hundred kids well when the school system is overwhelmed by illegal alien population who a lot of those kids don't have english as a first language or even a second language all that ends up happening is the the kids who are legal citizens here who go to those schools suffer right because all you're doing is basically babysitting kids of illegals while their parents try and find enough money to pay their bills find a place to live but in the, then look, these are hard-working people. But at, the, but at the end of the day, you've got to have, you've got to have rules. You've got to have procedures. You've got to have a way of doing things. Like I remember growing up in England, English people line up, queue up for everything. If if you cut in line at the post office, you get your ass kicked. <laughs> if I'm sitting in Mexico. I've paid my money, I've done all the forms and everything, I'm waiting to get and they keep telling me, sorry, because we're taking in so many illegals, you're going to have to wait even longer. I'd be pretty miffed at that point in time. Well, 
So in my day-to-day job, I work with a lot of people that come across the border um, legally and primarily from India in, in uh, countries in that area. They have a process to get over here. I feel bad that they, I mean, they'll complain and say, hey, you know, I've spent all this time trying to get across the border and then someone else will just walk across. Right. And, you know, I have to do, you know, X, Y, and Z to prove that I'm going to be a, a valuable person here in the country where these people just cross the border. I've actually, um, I've had a few friends that have Im- immigrated over and I've actually wrote them letters of recommendation for the their immigration process. And, you know, they have to go through a whole process of we're not going to be on welfare. I've got a job. I know there's, you know, the struggles of being, you know, coming to the country. The people that cross the border, they're just, you know, hey, I'm here. Take care of me. Yeah, which is crazy because there was a thing on the news the other night where there's a lady in New York City was absolutely livid. Um, she's, I think she's in Harlem, in the Black Arrow, Harlem. And she's found out that the illegals in New York City are getting cash cards. They're getting access to areas that her kids can't get access to. And it's waking up people who have not been sort of thinking much about this. That all of a sudden, are like, hang on, I'm suffering. Why the hell am I not getting any of this? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's the the beauty of instead of keeping the the migrants at the border area or in the border states is pushing them out to the other communities so the rest of the, the rest of the country when it wasn't their problem it's like ah what are they complaining about so I, it is sure. good that they're being flooded into New York City and Chicago and places like that so those communities that have this well we were going to be a sanctuary we should be a that should be a sanctuary country sure that's a great thought how are we going to pay for it? You know what's funny is I think someone said that we had a um, um, a, a asylum policy with El Salvador because of the war that was going down, and like typical government that needs an overhaul, the moment that war ended, the the provision put in place in Congress to make them asylum seekers was never ended. So even though there's no war going on anymore and there's no reason for them to claim asylum, they still claim asylum under the same act that they did before when there was a war going on. From the 80s. Right, exactly, from the 80s. So again, it's it, you know, this is organized. Someone needs to pay the price for this because people are getting hurt. And people are getting hurt directly and we're not being told about it with... For thousands and probably tens of thousands of people who die trying to make the cr- the trek across. Yes. And then we have friends in the police force here in Phoenix who will tell you that there are drop houses around the city with people um, with hands tied behind their backs sitting on the floor of these houses waiting to be cashed out via the cartels. And this stuff, it's human trafficking. And then you've got the stories and the and the information on rape and murder and everything else that's happening with the cartels why does no one care like and we're at a point with even our own citizenry where people are like what can you do but at some point you got to do something don't forget we're the fentanyl capital Uh, of the nation right and then you throw fentanyl on top of that which 
I think openly is acknowledged that it's made in Mexico with Chinese supplied goods. Yes. Uh, nobody's arguing that. Nobody's no. arguing against that. Well, they can trace it back, I think, through yes, um, chemical DNA or whatever. But um, it is. It, that's happening. And no one seems to care until they're forced to care by something bad happening to them. And then you look, we have four migrants beat up a police officer in New York City. Do you know no one that, cares? Did you know that one of those migrants was arrested today? I think four of them were today in Phoenix. Here, I, I didn't realize all, all four, four of them were. Yeah, that's the news report. Yeah. They made like, it back to Phoenix? Yeah. But why? <laughs> like, how, it, and it, they were, I think it was ICE, arrested them. So they tracked them from New York, I think through California, and into Phoenix. But the crazy part is if the three of us did exactly like blow for blow, threat to threat what they did to that those police officers, there's no way we're here recording a podcast. Correct. We're still incarcerated. And will be for a long time. Or shot and killed. <laughs> you know, right. There's mm. no way. Yeah. So this is like, you know, I know we're in an election year. Like if, if you're a voter on either side of the aisle or in the middle you got to start thinking policies. You've got to start thinking, why the hell is this happening? Talk with people about it and, and make decisions not based on people, but based on policies, based on real-life events that are happening in and around you and in and around your community. Because that's the only way out of this that we have. If people stay locked into ideological guidelines, we're screwed. Do you think it, uh, some of this is because people are the 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 way the news is being disseminated that it's redefining the actual history of the moment, so that this part of that yeah. so they kind of agree with it because oh well it's we're helping people it's they're not you know they see, don't see the the bad side of know, it. It's funny because you hear people say well look these are good people they're Christ, they're Christian Christian people not that they're all Christian people a lot of them are from China and Muslim countries and whatever but whatever wherever they're from right they use this oh they're good people they're hardworking people if if you're having a dinner party and three really nice people just showed up at your house you have a little bit of a problem with that. <laughs> As nice as they are, you they weren't invited. Right. They just rocked in. And I'd actually love to see a bunch of migrants take over some uh, some some like Barbara Streisand's house or something like that, and say, "No, nah, hey, we came in the country. Why can't we come in the house?" Yeah. I want a better life. This looks a lot better than me. Instead of uh, moving them to Chicago, we need to move them to Malibu. Yeah. <laughs> and Bel Air. Yeah. And Holmby Hills. <laughs> oh, you, you see panic break out at that point in time. But it, it, it uh, and because these people are all comfortable as long as they're not in their neighborhood, not in their, they're only cutting my gardens, but not living next door to me. Again, well, not in my backyard. I think Fun. that's the beauty of when they transport the migrants to Chicago and to New York. Those people were okay with it until it was in their backyard, and then they're like, they're starting to have a little bit of heartburn about it. Right, but then they just move on. Uh, and that's the thing. You saw what happened in Martha's Vineyard with them doing that. They got them out there as quickly as they could. 
and were just like, screw you, move on. They didn't care. As far as they were concerned, it's so, and I think it's evil in a lot of ways because I think encouraging people to make the trek of the tens of thousands of people who died doing it is abhorrent. And then with the way these people are treated is abhorrent. The stories about making people carry drugs, making people like human traffic kids that are not theirs to get across mm -hmm. the border. All of that stuff is just done. And we're just supposed to sit there and go, yeah, well, you know, just get back to work and just get on with it. And maybe these morons in Washington, D.C. Who, who couldn't fix a sandwich are going to try and fix this. I don't think they have it will never be fixed. They don't want Come it on. fixed. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. The word organized in this. Yeah, they don't want to fix it. And if they do want to fix this, show us really how you're going to fix it. And they don't. There's too much opportunity to blame it on someone else rather than come up with a solution. They don't, it doesn't benefit them to cross the aisle. It benefits them to point the finger, especially in an election year, point the finger across the aisle. And both sides are guilty of it. Yep. Oh, they are both sides. Yeah, this is party not, politics. That's what I said earlier with the politics side. Don't look at par parties. Look at actions and promises and policies. And, and not uh, history because the, it's it's we know politics is fluid. I think someone was talking about Dan Crenshaw, how one minute they thought he was a darling of the right, and now he's considered a, a rhino virgin on being a lefty. Like you know, it's, it can happen on both sides. Mm -hmm. you, 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 Isn't it weird that if it's been a problem for I don't know, let's say a hundred years, fifty years. That somehow funding for Ukraine solves the problem. <laughs> yes. That was it. That's the part that's been missing this whole time. Yeah. If we give, the border will be fixed. We're going to give $20 billion to the border, but we need to give $60 billion to Ukraine, and that fixes it because, yeah, the, well, the, the migrants are from Ukraine going to Mexico and across. Well, you, you, you see it. Tucker Carlson pointed it out. It's, isn't it ironic that we're paying to defend Ukraine's borders, but not our own? Um, and then, you know, we learned from the migrant crisis from the Syrian war that flooded Europe with, with migrants. It was not a net positive. Right. And like, I, I, I emigrated from England to here, but I would never have done it illegally. Um, I would never have broken laws to do it. And the other side of the thing was, is I never did it to run away from a problem. Like back in the day, uh, or even now, if America came into either a civil war or came into some form of conflict, I'd stay here and fight. I wouldn't run away. Because like, those people who run away, what are they going to do when it, the going gets tough here? They're just going to run away again? And then what do you have left? Where do you run to? Somewhere. Well, you probably want to stay and fight because you know the the uh, the uh, superstars, the movie stars, what have you, that always threaten to move if the wrong political party is in office. Since they never leave, we shouldn't leave either. Oh, you don't back up any further than home, and like it, 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 there's a lot of pride in looking at the, the way the Israelis are handling their situation. They're not going anywhere, and they're like, "Yep, yeah, when it comes down to it." 
there are sons and daughters, but we ain't backing up any further than this. Mm-hmm. And actually, you've pissed us off now, so we're going on the offensive. And at some point, it has to come to that sort of stuff. And it's sad, but it's true. Now, there's that whole convoy that's heading down to the southern border. Obviously peaceful to protest it. I think the news is really trying not to cover it. It's made up of first responders, ex-military people, and their whole idea is to draw attention to the the fact that this organized chaos that is going on. And, you know, just for our listeners, if you go to Give, Send, Go, you can support them as well. Just go give them a few bucks to support them because you know they're going to have the pressures from the deep state and and the, the government elites that are going to try and shut them down, they're going to try and put them into a into a box somewhere. So, you know, the, this trucker convoy, I think, could do a great thing, especially if it grows and you end up with thousands of people down at the border. It's going to be interesting to see. Texas and the Supreme Court. Yeah. Well, but, but again, with that, Abbott could have done a much better job much earlier on with that. He, he From day one, he could have been like, nah, we're closing the border, or we're, we're policing the border ourselves. We're sending in our own national... America, we could have done it in Arizona when Ducey was in here, or Ducey. Um, we could have sent that stuff down to the southern border right then. National Guard, shut it down. Like it's screwed. Yeah. We are, and, and you know, we've said in other podcasts, you've got to put things in micro um, concepts to understand them in macro. It's like the dinner party thing. If you had people turn up at your house who weren't welcome there or camping in your back garden, you're going to do something about it. Why do we accept it on a bigger scale? Just because we want cheaper fruit and vegetables and our gardens cut for less money? Maybe we do. And I, and I think there's a certain amount well, of culpability and guilt in ourselves for doing that stuff. I, I think so. But there's, there's, for a number of years, there has been a population that will cross the border regularly for work. And I, I think what we're experiencing in these last few years is a culmination of issues that exist at the border, but it has never been as blatantly disrespectful to any rules within this country as it is the last few years. Right. What's crazy is that if you go try to cross the border into Mexico from their southern border, you, I mean, it's a, a legitimate border. You have to, you know, go through the, the regular process. They have walls. They have, you know, they turn everyone away. Why is it? their northern border and our southern border is yeah. like oh well it's you know i always hear the argument well you know the southern states used to be part of mexico and they're just revisionist history it's revisionist history well i think if you go far enough back we were all once one landmass. yeah we're the <laughs> well you know it's it's it is fun. i just i saw some people today arguing well, the Mexico border used to go through Phoenix, and it, it didn't, but people <laughs> seem to think, right. you know. 
Like in the 1850s, it went up through. I'm like, right, it was yeah, never that. Sure. It wasn't yeah. that far north. But you know, some people are again redefining what the history is, and you know, they they give that as a the victim mentality of oh, these people are victims. They're just wanting their land back. The border moved on them. They didn't move. I hear that all the yeah, time. Yeah, and know La Raza and all that sort of stuff. The border yeah. moved on them. Yeah. And that's why we're having a problem right now? Well, that's why they think there should be an open border. Huh. So takeaways, I, I actually think that you've got to get on your local, start locally. I've said this before in other podcasts. You've got to start locally, then take it statewide then you got to go national with your politics again look at policies look at promises that are being made not at personalities you know what's interesting on that topic is school board running never has political party that's when you, interesting when you look at the ballots they purposely avoid I believe they purposely avoid political party affiliation yeah, but I think you're absolutely right. That's critical. You've got to you got to take care of your house first before you worry about your neighbors, before you worry about the bigger picture. So you've got to worry about what's going on locally, then state, then national. Yeah, although the border is federal, right? So national is a big part of that. So how do you find information about uh, border policies, say in your community? Wikipedia. <laughs> no, I think you'd have to start, like, in Arizona, you'd have to put, put your senators on the spot and say, what's your policy on the border? And anyone running to displace them, what's your policy on the border? And then you can decide whether you like it or don't like it and whether you move on or not. Well, thanks for listening on this episode. Um, I'm Ian. This is Lauren. And I'm Greg. And we'll see you next time on Bomb Your Voices. Hi, this is Ian from Bonded Voices. Each month we will be giving away $100 in gift cards to our fans. All you have to do is register on the bondedvoices.com site and solve the monthly puzzle. It's easy to do, no purchase necessary. Thanks for being a listener.